Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we are joined today by a new guest to the podcast, all together, which is Christian Benson from Down in Engineering. And so, Christian, welcome. We'll have you introduce yourself here real quick in a second. But uh, first, we're going to say, so as far as timing on this goes, it was originally going to be a 10-minute talk about diopters on your rifle scope. Mark and I were just going to stand across from each other and say, here's how you use a diopter, here's what it does, yada, just yada. breeze right through it. We threw one question out, just thought we'd give a courtesy call down to the engineers. We said, oh, hey, put us on with the optical engineer. Yeah, all right, well. We want to make them feel good. Right, you know? exactly, feel part of this. So anyways, we kind of asked the question, you know, oh, diopter just, uh, you know, focuses your eye to the reticle. It's, it's really easy, right? It doesn't really do anything else, right? Well, then Christian proceeded to uh, list off all of the many ways that the optical system all ties together and how the diopter is part of that. Somehow digital cameras and the second focal plane and sensors and your eye and parallel rays came in and we thought, okay, we we just got to bring him on. Frankly, Jim, it started to get weird. It was it was very um, humbling. And so, anyway, um, Christian, we'll have you intro yourself here uh, real quick, and then we'll jump in on this uh, apparently slightly complex, but maybe also simple topic. Yeah, it can be both. Uh, I think you hit everything. My name's Christian, optical engineer in the product development. So I've been here two years and just over a month. Sweet. Yeah. You were just saying that uh, you're used to explaining this stuff because usually uh, you have to explain it to the mechanical engineers a lot who don't know anything. Yep, pretty much. Throwing shade right away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was joking to Mark. I had, like I had a list in my pocket of all the names to, to list of all the people that don't know anything. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty smart guys, but sometimes just have to explain the optics. Yeah. So. They're really good at uh, engineering things that you can see and touch and feel, but when it comes to light... Which yeah. you deal with a lot makes it harder. Is there? Is there? <laughs> it's basically abstract. Yep. Yes. Is it, is there? It sounds as though there may be a little bit of a of rivalry rivalry among the uh, different engineering fields. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm? There would here? be if I wasn't so bad at all the mechanical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it evens out. Okay. So it uh, it evens yeah. out. That's good. Like, to hey, know. Christian, grab a Phillips head, and I give him a flathead or something, and they're like, "What's wrong with you? You just don't know." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go back to bending light. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. back to the light. So. Diopter, as far as that goes, we'll start real basic here and then we'll graduate to the more uh, complex stuff. But diopters, when you're looking at your rifle scope, are generally going to be, and they really are, just back nearest to your eye when you're looking through the rifle scope. So we have two optics in front of us. Both of them have to be happen to be Razor Gen 2s, but it's actually the same sort of physical thing from Crossfire 2 all the way up to Razor Gen 2. Um, these ones are fast focus eyepieces, we call them, or fast focus diopters. So it's just a knurled knob on the end that you can grab onto and rotate in or out. Uh, sometimes you'll see a locking diopter, which uh, Mark was just talking about right before this, which actually the entire eyepiece itself spins, and then there's a little locking ring that uses a tension fit to sort of keep it in place. But either way, uh, they are accomplishing the same task. And so the simple thing that I know I've heard a lot of people say is that for the most part, the diopter, it's not a, an image focus so much. You don't necessarily go to that first and foremost if you're trying to look at an image at varying distances or something. You're not, it's not something you're changing all the time at, at varying distances and stuff or, or depending on the situation. Uh, a lot of times people will have 
pretty much one diopter setting, and then we'll say that it focuses the reticle to your eye. In the case of low-power variable scopes, like a 1 to something, 6, 8, or 10, it actually can have a bit of an effect on, it seems, the image on one power and how flat or how true one power it looks and feels. Uh, but anyway, from there, we're, this is where we need Christian to come in and explain it. So, <laughs> so a lot of people may ask, why does it do it? How does it do it? And then I even had, which I think we'll get into, I had some questions about this as well, because actually some parts of it don't quite make perfect sense to me. But anyway, so how is it focusing your eye to the reticle? How is it affecting the image? What is it doing? Maybe we'll start there. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing I would say is for the when you set your eyepiece, at a certain point, uh, you might get past, uh, like you're talking about, seeing different objects at different distances. They're all in focus, no matter what the, the distance is. So your eye does a bunch of work for you called accommodation. So it's the lens bending. So like when we're looking around the room, your eye is just instantly popping whatever distance into focus. So once you get your diopter set, different distances, different target distances, even though you're not adjusting to one distance because your eye can do the rest of the work. So that's part hmm. of it. So okay. that kind of explains just that part of it. The rest of it, it does get kind of complicated, but the reason it's not a flat field or you see the image changing is because the magnification is changing, like we've talked about before. How that happens is the, the light's bending more or less. So for rifle scopes, they're actually what's called afocal. There's no focal plane. Like a camera makes an image all the light coming from one point or like an object, a target, is converging or coming to another point on, a, on an image plane. So that does happen in the rifle scope twice. Those are the focal planes. But at the end, it's parallel rays again. Mm -hmm. um, so the parallel rays, I think you might have mentioned that. The optics behind that is for really far objects, you basically say the rays are all parallel. Uh, that's because far enough away, if you look at one single point and light coming out in all directions, what's collected by the rifle scope to the edge of the objective, to the center, basically the same angle because they're both really, really small. When oh, you get to yeah. 100 yards, let's say, now that angle is starting to come into play coming from the, the center to the edge of the objective. So 100 yards over 12 millimeters in the case of this scope with the 24 millimeter objective. And that's where parallax comes into play of setting all those rays coming from that object at that distance to come to one point or the image point where the reticle is. And that means that different distances around 100 aren't exactly on the reticle plane. So that's where you start to see parallax when you deviate from that distance because now not all the rays are coming to focus on the reticle. It's huh. slightly off. And then parallax is where you're viewing it at the angle and there's uh, two objects. The general definition is two objects. You view at an angle and you see them differently. And if they're in line, you see one thing. The other side, you see two. Mm -hmm. So they're shifting relative to each other. Yeah, as you move your eye around, if it's not centered up perfect in the optical system, then yep. yeah, you could start to have that error where it looks like the reticle is moving in relation to the image, even though yep. in reality it's not. Well, actually, it kind of is because you can it can cause an error, but physically inside the scope, it's not moving. Yes. Yep. Correct. Mechanically you're just, speaking, you're basically just viewing it in a different way. Right. So, yep. Yes. Yeah. One thing I always forget, like you were just talking about, is that we talk about a point source downrange. And, you know, that point source, the way that light is hitting it and the way that it sort of emanates light, because the reason we 
even see anything. The reason I'm looking at the 96 pack of crayons, which I don't still don't know why I that's in here. Don't know where they came from. Maybe um, I need to draw something later and I'll pull out the crayons. If we do, <laughs> you've got that. And, but we, the reason I'm seeing that across the room is because light is bouncing off of it and then it's coming to my eye. But the the that point source thing that you mentioned is very weird. interesting. Yeah, and weird because like you said, really far away, it's emanating, I guess infinitely many it seems rays of light yep but all, all the ones that make it to your small objective and i don't i don't even care if we're talking about a 56 millimeter objective yeah, at that matter. point it really yep. doesn't matter all those rays are so compacted tight together and you're only getting relatively a few of them yep that's where it really doesn't matter and they all basically are hitting parallel but yeah if you then put a point source directly up in front of this scope and then you drew like a triangle or a cone from that point source out to all edges of the objective. That cone has a bigger gonna, angle. Yep. And uh, and so that's kind of where this focus and this parallax comes into play. So this Razor 1 to 6 here is a fixed parallax, right? So yep. fixed at, I think, 100 yards in the scope, correct? Yep. So is that the objective lens that's then sort of curved in such a manner that it's focusing a point source at 100 yards down right onto the first focal plane, and then... So generally, from the design side, it won't change. It'll be, they might, in this optical software, set it at an infinity or 100. It doesn't really matter. Uh, they'll build in some mechanical adjustment to mm-hmm. set the parallax for fixed parallax lenses and then glue it in place. Um, it really could be either object, there's a, a lens closer to the reticle usually, and then the lens is in front. Usually people call that the objective lens. You could adjust anything, uh, but when, usually it's the front because it's easier to access. You move it into place, and you have a collimator maybe at 100 yards or 150, whatever you're setting it for fixed parallax, and then adjust the objective, glue it down. It's usually how it's done. So hmm, okay. the, the curvature will stay the same. There is some variance. So like any manufacturing, there's tolerances for a lens. So it's going to be different. If you try to just put it in the same mechanical location every time, it's not going to end up working because of oh, right. um, not oh. only assembly tolerances of putting the lenses in the scope in the exact same way, but also the lenses themselves being machined in exactly the same way. Each That'll scope is slightly unique from the next because of yeah. manufacturing. They're all unique, actually, yeah. by a little bit. But. Okay. So, all right, going back to diopters now. So yeah. we've, we've, all, we've kind of touched on the other end of the scope. Yep. But it's all tied in together. If you just if you just Similar take concepts. the eyepiece lens out, you've taken out an integral portion of the scope, and you know stuff doesn't work right. Same if you take the objective lens out. If you take anything out in this thing, it doesn't quite work right. Which is sort of also why when some people single out one single lens within the entire optical system to try and draw up a characteristic of how they feel the optical performance would be, this is why we discourage that yep. because you just can't you can't talk about one lens as though it's the end-all, be-all to your optical performance. But anyway, so we have an image that gets focused down onto your first focal plane. Yep. That is somewhere-ish underneath the turrets about, correct? Yep. And then it goes through your erector unit, which has magnifying lenses in it. Yep, so that's where the magnification happens. Okay. And the erecting, so it flips the image. So a, a real image will be upside down. So actually reticles are upside down in the scope. Which is weird. Like physically oh, wait, upside seriously, down. Yep. Okay. I learned yet another new thing. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's very interesting. Then they go through, flipped upside down, but then they get focused down onto your second focal plane, yep. which is somewhere ish underneath the mag ring. Yep. About, somewhere right? about there. Yeah. Right around there. And from there, this is where my confusion and why even we even called up the optical engineer before the, uh, the diopter podcast we were about to do. 
came into play because this eyepiece, as you manipulate the diopter, as you move it in, as you move it out, you know, everybody would always say, oh, it's just focusing the reticle to your eye. But I guess I was thinking to myself, the reticle isn't the only thing in that second focal plane. There's also an image there. So how can this diopter magically sort out the reticle from the image and only focus the reticle to your eye? And And then that was where you explain things that I didn't understand. Well, I mean, it's so true, Jim, because whenever I've thought about those two functions, I guess if you're talking about a scope with, uh, you know, a fast focus eyepiece or, and a parallax adjustment, like I think of them as like, I mean, they are independent things, but I think of them as independently doing completely different functions. Right. But it sounds like they are tied together. So the, the easy answer would be, there's some parallax setting. So for this, maybe it's hundred yards or you have a, adjustable parallax, but wherever the second focal plane is, it's just an image of the reticle and the image that was made in the first focal plane. So the target, whatever target distance and the, the reticle got imaged to the second focal plane. Now it's kind of just like a new reticle. If, even if it's a first focal plane scope, it's like you have a new reticle and target there, even though they're not physically there, you could put a screen there and see the image. This is where and you it, were saying if you took like a camera's sensor yeah, if you and took, you stuck it in the second focal plane yep. and then like made it take a picture, it would be getting a, an image upside down, right? Uh, yes. Of what you're looking at? It should, uh, it should be right side up, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe it depends on how you orient the camera, but... Here's, here's what I know. Here's what I know. When we were having this like pre-conversation a couple weeks ago when we were going to do this super simple podcast, Jim, when Christian started talking about taking pictures of sensors and I just kind of blacked out. And then I was like, we need to get them in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if the, if the reticle is there and you focused it to your eye, that necessarily means that the image that's also right there in the same spot is now also focused to your eye. So, so it does have some effect on the image. Yeah. The easy way would be back up the diopter all the way. Usually that's the spot where no one is. And oh, it's yeah. all blurry, right? Almost so it definitely nobody, has an effect on the image. Almost nobody has this <laughs> thing cranked lefty-loosey as far as it goes until it stops. Like, if you yep. do that, you will see... Oh, I forget how far that actually goes out because I've never even, like, tested the... I mean, it's mega, mega out of focus, like, insanely. Let me see that, Jim. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's very hard to look at. So it definitely affects the oh, image. Oh, boy. Yeah, it <laughs> And if you get does. it in enough, like I was talking about before, then your eye will do the rest of the work for whatever target distance. So how does one get the right diopter setting? Now, I, I know that we have generally said, if you call up the you know customer support line and you're just getting the little quick troubleshoot explanation, you know, it's you let your eye rest by looking away from the scope and then you glance down the scope rather quickly and you try and get a mental image of how that image of, I'm saying image a lot, image of the uh, target picture and the reticle, how it looked right when your rested eye looked at it. Yep. When I think it, and is it, that's it's clear. best to do on like kind of like a, a light background, like with not other things that your eye can oh, be focusing on. Oh, you mean like, on. for example, yep. don't do it on our background right here that's very complex. Right, like yep. maybe even like Plus it's close by ceiling here. So or, your eye will focus for that target distance, but you what you want is your relaxed eye is your eye focused at infinity, or oh. what we call in optics infinity is a faraway object. That's the point where the rays are parallel more or less. So you want to have it be in the position where your eye is relaxed. Okay. So, And you can test it with any scope, but at, at the high mag, you'll get to a point where the reticle's in focus, and if you keep going, your eye will keep doing the work and keep focusing back. And if you stick it two diopters too far forward, let's say, because 
you weren't caring about relaxing your eye. Now you have your eye has to keep doing that every time you look at the reticle. Oh. So now it's you're just getting to give yourself some eye strain. Yeah. That's one of the biggest okay. things. And eye yeah. fatigue is never good. Because it, it might look good. clear at first and then it's gonna start getting blurry and you're gonna be like, What the heck is going on? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So the yeah, this part about the uh focusing the image now is is sort of it's interesting. So is when people just simplify it down to, oh, well, you know, your diopter just focuses the reticle to your eye. Is that because, for the most part, if you're seeing a clear reticle, the image is probably also focused? Yep. And then in the case of a variable parallax or adjustable parallax, so before I said, like, for this fixed parallax scope, 100 yards is the same place where the second focal plane is, which is where the reticle is. It's all in focus. Yeah. That's always going to be true. It's fixed. This, it doesn't really matter what distance is there you can just adjust it to whatever you want oh so, so you, you just have, have a separate adjustment to account for the image so when you set your diopter you want to have the distance the target you're looking at be the same as what your parallax is either fixed at or set on in an adjustable parallax scope right so if i have my parallax set to 50 yards on this razor gen 2 yep i don't want to try and set my diopter when i'm looking at a target that's like 500, 500 yards, yards away, away. yeah you still would want to set it at infinity for always because then your eye will be relaxed because you could always turn this, whatever the image is doing, and then line up wherever the reticle is to whatever the target distance you're looking at is. Hmm. Okay. Oh, so that's like kind of like a, a rule of thumb. Then set your, if you have an adjustable parallax, set it to infinity, and then... Yeah, it shouldn't matter. If, so if you look at a blank, like the blue sky, it shouldn't right. matter because you're not right. seeing anything to distract you. But if you have to look at something, you should probably set it at infinity okay. and look at something that's focused out at infinity. That really might help your away. eye not have to go back and forth. Okay. okay. Got it. Got it. Now, why is it that when we're talking about low power variables, the diopter has such an effect on the 1x image in terms of like some focus, I would say, is there for sure. I mean, we yep. just looked at this razor when it was spun all the way out, and it looked terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but then you know you spin it back into an, a about a normal setting, and the image looks fine. But the thing that I've noticed most is that if I don't have it set right, I can get this sort of fishbowl effect or this bubble effect, and it either looks everything kind of looks concave or convex. And uh, some people will describe it as, oh, it looks like 1.1 power. Or some people will say it looks like 0.9 power. And then the diopter setting can also kind of fix that. Yep. What's going on there? How does that, it's it's almost like it's magnifying and unmagnifying too. Yep. I mean, that's exactly right. You're just changing the magnification. So it's usually like 0.1 per diopter, maybe for a low power variable. That's one to whatever. So if you go all the way out, it might be like 1.3 and all the way in, it's like point. Eight, maybe 0.75. Yeah. And yeah, you're just changing the magnification. So as you move, make sure I have it in the right direction because out goes magnification up. So you're bending the so light that's why more. There's, there's a plus and a minus. Yep, that's the plus and minus. So plus would be backing it out. And your okay. diopters, just the optical definition is just optical power. It's one divided by millimeters. So like if you took the focal length of a whatever optical system and did one divided by it, you'd get the diopters. So it's it's just a weird unit, but it gives you optical power. In this case, it's a reference, so you have some zero and you're just going plus or minus. So you're adding or taking away optical power. In the situation you're adding it, you're bending light more and you're it's kind of like magnifying it more. Well, it is magnifying it more. In the other case, you're taking away power, you're bending the light less, so you're taking away magnification. 
the raw definition of magnification for rifle scopes because their a focal is relating the angle in of the light to the angle out so for one x uh, for a low power variable it's going to be a wide field of view so let's just say it's 20 degrees field of view if you have exactly one x the scope is going to make it look like exactly 20 degrees field of view coming into your eye oh, so okay. it's the same there is some tangent function in there but um i'll skip that but so for like 10x <laughs> you might have like I was going to suggest we didn't get into that as yeah, well, Jim. Yeah, I'll skip some ge geometric stuff. Although for that's why I like optics is tangent function, a lot easier than calculus and differential equations and crazy engineering math. So that's why I like optics. I can do some simple geometry. You know, I like triangles. So uh, so for 10x, let's say that you have two degrees. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh. for 10x, two degrees, and it's coming out, parent field of view is 20 degrees. So there's your... 10x just to make the numbers simple uh, and then it'd be the same thing just at 10x it's the same you move the diopter in and out you're taking away or adding power and you're changing the magnification slightly 10x it's not as drastic as 1x so it's maybe like 0.1 for every one diopter yeah yeah because that is something i've known like you don't see that that dramatic of a you know fishbowl or concave or convex effect when you make adjustments to your diopter on a higher power right. scope. Yep. So that's where it becomes more noticeable on one power. Yep. Yeah. I, got, got I got a question. I mean, we call like we call this feature of the optic the diopter, but then you're you're talking about diopters as units of measure. So like what is one diopter? Yeah, so it's kind of relative for things like this because you're just saying plus 1 from some spot which is 0, which is in the middle of the travel, which is where it's one x usually. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It could be it could be technically slightly different than that because optical designs you can't make everything exactly perfect. So yeah, I don't know about what every scope is, but usually there's the center of the travel. It's where the low end magnification is supposed to be designed, wherever they designed it, and then you're just adding or subtracting power from there. Interesting. Yeah. Now. A lot of people, when you go around to ranges or matches or whatever, will have their diopters set at different spots, you know. And each person seems to have their own little unique flavor and their own unique spot that they like to have it. How does that come into play? Because you're you're describing it as it seems like there's there's one spot on here that's true 1x, and anything else from there is a bit of a change from true 1x. So is the spot where it's true 1x, is that is that like scientifically, optically speaking, 1x, but your eye may change that, the way that your eye is shaped or something? Part of it has to do with when you go up to the high power. So low power variables make everything a little bit more complicated, but every scope does have reticle focus in the assembly. You have to put the reticle in the right spot. So for a higher power scope, it does matter, but you do have this parallax adjustment, um, and that helps compensate for whatever, and you don't necessarily care about it being exactly 6x, like if it's a 6 to 24, you don't care about it being exactly 6x, could be 5.5, you won't notice the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just doesn't really matter as much where you locate the diopter and you can focus. So you have all these extra adjustments. For the low power variable, the reticle focus for the high-end magnification might be in a spot that's a little bit farther in. And in that case, when you're setting your diopter, you're going to be at the high-end magnification you're gonna be looking at distant object and you might have to move it in to get it in focus oh okay yeah. okay so i know like uh ryan muckinern is on the podcast quite often he was explaining how he he actually does tweak his diopter to, on his low power variables depending on whether he's on one power or yep. six or eight or ten or whatever yeah because 
where he has it on one power, the reticle isn't exactly perfectly focused, and then that's more noticeable when he's zoomed in on the highest power and he wants to you know, be using the reticle or something. That's where he'll then tweak it for reticle focus. Because then, okay, then like you're saying, it doesn't necessarily matter as much if he's seeing 10 power or 9.8. Yeah. Or something. Yep. It's just, it It kind of is what it is. Yeah, and it just really depends on the, like you were saying, if he sh- plans on shooting at 1 versus 10. Um, I actually was just talking to him the other day, too. Yeah. <laughs> About the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, he said if there's a match and he, sh- he knows he has to shoot 1x and then also shoot long range, 1x isn't, it's it's nice to have it exactly 1x and have the perfect looking image, but for a 15-yard target, you don't really need that. You just got to... If you see the bright the red target. dot, yeah. with, if your illumination's on or something with a daylight bright reticle, yep. you know, if then you see the bright good. red dot and it's on the target, pull the trigger. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, there's definitely can be a balance, and each assembly is a little bit different, so... And then everyone's eyes a little bit different. And then yeah. the diopter is just trying to, you know, make everything right, give you the adjustment that you need. Very interesting. I wonder if um, if we all walked around with basically for our entire lives with with like some eight power binos strapped to our face, right? So we weren't seeing in one X like we always are. Mm-hmm. If then we would be more keen to noticing slight diopter changes when we're on eight power in a rifle scope, you know, like you're saying, normally you're not really able to tell that much between like eight power and eight point one or seven point nine. Yeah. But it does get more complex with a low power variable because we normally see in one power. So you can pretty easily tell, like, eh, this doesn't feel quite like it does when I'm just walking around. Yep. Yeah. So that's where then this this kind of uh, struggle comes into play where people are like, I'm not sure if, you know, am I focusing the reticle? Am I getting the image just right? I wonder if we were just all used to seeing in, like, a high power all the time, if that would be more apparent. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Well, these are the things that keep you up at night, Jim. How does that, so, like, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, they do... Not me, but maybe Christian. Um, <laughs> these are the things that you have to deal with, though. I mean, like, I'm making up some off-the-wall scenario, though, but I'm getting into, like, the way the brain works. But you have to, as an optical engineer, and this is the one thing that I find fascinating, is you've got the science that you can all lay out. you got your tangential equations, yada, yeah. yada, <laughs> right? Now, those are going to spit out some numbers and in theories, and, y- and you can get, oh, it's it's perfect, right? But then, unfortunately, you got to get some schmuck behind the scope. Usually me. When it's somebody else listening to this podcast, you're not a schmuck. No, um, not at all. I am in this case. But then you have to you have to serve it up. You're like giving the, the alley-oop. You're the uh, whoever basketball player star to Michael Jordan with the dunk or whatever. Their yeah. eye has to finish it up, and their eye has to give their retina the information, which has to send it to the brain properly to tell whatever, what it's seeing. So you can only do so much, and then it's just up to the human eye to do the rest. Yeah. And you have to include the human eye into your equation. Yep. It which helps is, a lot, though, because imagine a digital camera, how much you have to focus it for different distances. Luckily, yeah. you, you don't have to mess with your diopter all the time. Once you get it set, uh, you should be good if you get it set in that, that good spot. So Because the but, eye can kind of subtly fix the rest? Yep. Yeah, it can focus out the rest. So Okay. So that is where, yeah, like you it said, a digital camera that. doesn't quite have the brain power or the reasoning or whatever it is that makes us humans unique versus robots to, ah, yeah, I know how that should look. I'll kind of fix it a little bit. Yep. The digital camera just... Yeah, just go. Gets what it gets and shows you what it sees. Yep. Yeah, and if it's out of focus, it's out of focus. you got to adjust it every time. And oh, okay. The only uh, maybe downside to humans, which is me too, is human perception of stuff. So when you start adding that into anything about quality of something, that always oh, makes yeah. it tougher because then you have to find out what do people like 
Right. Sometimes that's not uh, the most intuitive thing scientifically. So yeah, that's what we're always trying to do is just make it best for the customer. It's always yeah. the goal. So yeah, Eventually yeah. Some it. people prefer a warm image. Some people prefer a cool image. Some people prefer clarity at the edges. Some people don't even notice the edges. Yeah. Some people right. whatever. Yeah. There's always the stories of when you show someone CA for the first time, so chromatic aberration, and they didn't previously think about it, and they're like, my life's ruined. If you show somebody CA, you are a jackass. (laughs) I'm going to say that. I'm just going to say that right now. It's... uh don't even look it up. If you if you don't know what it is, don't Google it. Don't look it up. (laughs) Live your life happily. Yeah, keep on living. Be a happy person. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be better because of it. Uh, Mark, I realized... So you asked, like, how many diopters is the scope? There actually is an answer to that because the eyepiece, just this one sub-assembly, this one piece does have a focal length. And you could do one divided by that focal length and figure out diopters. But a diopter... Actually, I think I lied before, too. I think I said it was one over millimeters, but it might be one over meters. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you either but way. Yeah. It's one of the two <laughs> units. But I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I don't know why. It's kind of inconsequential. But... But it would be like whatever a single, I guess, diopter, let's say on this one to six, whatever that ended up being, it wouldn't be the same as like on the four and a half to 27, though. Or like uh, it, it, it wouldn't no, be like no, an inch. It would not. Uh, yeah, the amount that it actually moves is slightly different from scope to scope. And I, that is based on the focal length. Okay. Although that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So if we got to like uh, <laughs> bring people down back to earth here real quick. For explaining what should you do with your diopter when you get a scope out of the box and you mount it up. Generally speaking, I think the diopter adjustment is kind of one of the first things that you do. Yep. How would you break it down for somebody and just sort of like, okay, try not to overthink it too much. You're the optical engineer. You're paid to overthink it. (laughs) Somebody who just wants to set it up and have it work, how do you explain that to them? Yeah, the simple thing. I personally find it easier to start all the way out where it's blurry, where I know that it is not right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lefty sure. Lucy the thing until yeah. it's way, way out there. Everything looks terrible. Yep. And then, step, step one, make your optic look terrible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know it can't get any worse. So. All right. So here we are yeah, on the Gen 2. I noticed the, the Gen 2 3 to 18 here, the diopter doesn't go out nearly as far as the uh, 1 to 6s can. Yeah. Fun fact. Go. But you start it way out there. Yep. And now we'll just go up to the... High magnification. Okay. Got it. Around the highest magnification. Yep. That's where they're focusing the reticle. And then start moving the eyepiece in. Although we can't look at it like an infinite object, so... You're kind of stuck in a room here. (laughs) You can look at that fridge that's white, so you should be good there if you get Oh, so if you don't have infinity to look at, you just look at something that's like a big blob, bright, plain color. Just like a neutral, flat... Yeah, you just don't want your eye to focus on anything but the reticle. Okay, got it. And you probably can't focus on it because it's all the way out, so it's pretty blurry. Very blurry. Just keep going in, relax your eye. Is it better, too, to have it maybe rested on something so it's like more stable or not? I'm sure it would For be. sure, if you can, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right true now, of really any optics adjustment. Okay, so I'm moving it in. Radical's getting clearer and clearer. And yeah, now I'm to the point where it is nice and clear. Yeah, and now you're pretty much done. And that's pretty much it. The only, well, especially for a high mag scope, you're, right. you're done. You don't really need to do anything else. Yeah. For a low-power variable, like we were talking about, Ryan might have to set it exactly for his match if he feels like he wants to optimize one direction versus the other, then absolutely do that. Hmm. And uh, so if that means you're shooting at 1x, 
get it where it's most comfortable for your eye, just mm-hmm. at one X until you think, oh, I'm going to shoot awesome at one X, and I'm never going to have to shoot past, I don't know, 50 yeah. yards or whatever. Optics, always a game of trade-offs. Yep. You may find yourself where you got to take precedence on the one X. You may find yourself where you got to have precedence on the higher mags and then just sort of compromise on whatever the other thing is. Yep. Yeah. Now, Christian, we were kind of, you know, talking through that process, but when, when Jim was doing that, he was doing it kind of like one continuous thing. I've seen where guys, like, they look through it, they rest their eye, you know, they look through it as to maybe not have their eye start Yeah, to... I was worried to rest my eye because of how close we are in this room because then I yeah, was worried my eye resting. would focus on something close up and then right. it actually wouldn't be rested. Yeah, that, I think I would agree with that because your your eye will be bending a little bit just to see something, that, whatever that is, 15 yards away. Okay. So, yeah, I think you did it right for the situation. And I think you could take your eye away and just relax by looking at something far away or... Like I'm really used to relaxing my eye because I'm always looking through scopes. But okay, so you right. can, if you're practiced in that and you can just kind of you know zone out, that's good too. But as long as it's relaxed, I think it's easier for me to stay on it so that I know I hit the exact point where it's in focus mm-hmm. and I'm not going too far past. Well, I want to make my eye do the least work possible. And I suppose you could do that. You know, do it the way you did it, and then just go relax your eye and then check and go. Yep, confirmed. Yeah, looks good. You can do that. Well, this has been enlightening. I learned much more about diopters than I ever thought I would. Something that once was simple is now <laughs> complex. Do you want but one more fun fact? Yes. Absolutely. All right. So we were talking about the objective, making an image the first focal plane. Yes. So general optical principle. Uh, images at infinity get imaged to, or there's an, an image at the focal length once it passes through the optical system. So the opposite's true for the eyepiece. When you have the, the focal length of the eyepiece where the, Second focal plane is, that means the eyepiece is more or less projecting it at infinity. So that's why those rays are parallel. So it's kind of opposite. So it comes in parallel, comes to a focus, and then here it's starting at a focus and it's making it parallel. The only trick oh. is that it's it's making it parallel and making it this big cone so that it's magnified. So you're like, oh, that tiny bit of information looks like it's coming from this big cone. Yeah, okay. Which I guess if you really, if you boil it down, makes sense because we're taking, we don't want to change the image necessarily aside from making it bigger in cases where you're trying to magnify it. Yep. We want the image to come out as similarly as possible as it looks in real life. Yep. But yeah, just make it bigger or, or the same if you're using a 1X. Yeah. No, that was really well said. Because, yeah, you want uh, someone to look through it to see exactly what they'd see in real life. Huh. Yeah, that is a fun fact. Experience. Yeah. Now you guys get a little bit of an idea, a view into the mind of an optical engineer <laughs> here. This yeah. is this is one of them here. Uh, we might have to grab Will sometime too and see what uh, what yeah, peculiar light bending things he talks about. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, light bending, brain bending. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. If you have any questions about optics that you've always been curious about, this is how this one got sparked up. I was always curious about the heck's going on with diopters. Uh, definitely hit us up in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, comments below. Uh, you can also head on over to Instagram, too, at Vortex Nation Podcast. But, yeah, Christian, thanks a ton for joining us. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for man. having me. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation Podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show. Maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like. So that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. 
You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released. So that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you can take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.